All right, welcome to another episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Fagan. I'm joined by special guest. Uh, you know, normally Christian Rivas would be here with me today, but he is taking a day off a little earlier in the week because we have some trade deadline madness that we are going to, uh, you know, get to on this show. But I'm joined by a very special guest, my internet stepdad. Uh, he prefers to be called Coach Pete, but you all probably know him as Laker Film Room, Pete Zayas. How's it going? I'm good. I'm looking forward to... Uh you know, giving Vox the business uh, uh, on on their you know decision making. Okay, no, we're process. Gonna, uh, do we have to step uh, step no, it no, up? No, we're we're cutting away from uh, we're experiencing technical, <laughs> technical difficulties. Um, yeah. So also Pete Pete Zayas of the Athletic. I think we have to mention that. Oh well, yeah, yeah, the contractual obligation. Yeah. Right? Um, so today we are going to talk about those trade rumors that, uh, Christian and I will be writing about extensively, I'm sure throughout this week at Silver Screen and Roll, a website that you can uh, visit. Pete and I just talked about a few of them on a few of the things going on around the Lakers on Locked On Lakers. Uh, we're continuing that discussion here. The other, I guess, I mean, it strains a little bit to call it major news of the day because we all kind of knew that the Lakers were looking at options for Kuzma, but Zach Lowe of ESPN reported this morning that um, they are investigating the market on him. And the one thing that he reported that was kind of new specifically was that they've poked around on a long list of ball handlers, which, you know, when you consider that there was a report earlier today that like Collison, you know, is still not decided between the Lakers and Clippers. And like, that's a ball handler that the Lakers could potentially get for free. I thought that it was interesting that they are looking at ball handlers specifically with Kuzma as like the trade bait because I don't I don't want to assume too much just based off of one report but like that would like if this is accurate that would seem to imply that they consider that their biggest need um and like I just like it's again like this thing that you have to weigh the asset math of like Getting is getting Collison for free better than, you know, trading Kuzma, a player who has, you know, he's helped at times, but he hasn't been a perfect fit this year for a guy like, I don't know, like Derek Rose or like, you know, one of these other ball handlers that's available, which there aren't like a ton. Um, so I don't know, like I, I, I honestly like if the Lakers can get a commitment from Collison, which is a big if I kind of lean towards that. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about all of that? Like together? Yeah, I think that. Collison, I mean, he was going to get a 10 million per year type of contract this summer. So it, it's difficult to undersell the benefit of being able to get a guy like that. Like it, it would be such a huge boon to be able to do that while keeping Kuzma. I also think that having more competent uh backup point guard play would help unlock Kuzma and even AD. Both of those guys are finishers that are being no, asked. What, especially Kuzma. Like, AD's obviously played fine, like, with without, like, AD's gotten his numbers, you know, in all these games. But Kuzma, it's just like, like, the games where Rondo's not looking for him for whatever reason, like, like those are the bad games. And it mm -hmm. all, I almost feel like it just, like, is almost as simple as that. It's like, is Rondo or whoever is playing backup point guard that night, like, looking for him? And if they're either through desire or through a Ability. And like, if they are, then Kuzma may have a good night. And like, mm -hmm. that's also why we've seen him play better on the nights that AD doesn't play. I don't think it's because of an AD fit issue. I think it's because it means he plays more with LeBron. Mm -hmm. That's right. No, I totally think that the, that's the case. And even backing up to the basic premise of the question is the idea that they are surveying the league for ball handlers indicates that they realize that this is not going like 
we're on tw- Lakers Twitter every night, right? When they play, and it's like, oh, here we go again with freaking Rondo, right? Like in in these backup lineups. And again, it's not a it's not a personal issue I have with Rondo. He's just not good anymore. It, it, he hasn't been good for a couple of years now, and that's okay. Guys get old, especially small point guards. Once you are not faster than everybody else, it, it goes downhill real quick, especially if you can't shoot. Yeah, so, which is like, and he has all of those, and like, you know, he he just he still kind of plays the same, and it, it just like he can't get it. You broke it down really well for the athletic. It was something like where just seeing the clips back to back to back, like he just does not get the separation anymore that he needs, and that's not his fault. Like, you know, he just he's just older now. It, he is, and he's does he was never. He never developed the skill sets of those like hard dribble pull ups that you can you know get those shots up. Uh, yeah, you can get those shots up even if you're you've got a size mismatch or the different you know shooting and scoring things that have to, that come with being a modern point guard. Right, the league was very different when he came into the league. Um, so yeah, that's that's something they need to address. And the fact that they're looking around the league for that is encouraging that they know that that's what they they need to do collison for free without having to give up coups is the best case scenario but if that's our backup option then i i think that that's that's a reasonable thing for them to do let's just hope that it doesn't have to come to that yeah i mean i, I think there's something to be said for just like i'm sure a, a large part of this is you know like they don't have to make a deal today they don't have to make a deal for another couple days like they pro they have i'm sure a board like whether it's physical or whether it's you know like in the cloud or whether it's in their heads or they you know write it down on a whiteboard or whatever like that i'm sure they have a board of different options and different things that they've talked with teams about figuring out what they're interested in and what they could get for x y and z and you know planning out these options but and so i'm sure some of this is that they're just seeing like okay well what would it take to get this guy or this guy or this guy? Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I think I think it does speak to that maybe they do realize that this is like kind of by far their biggest issue. Like we knew coming into the year that they might have some issues with like ball handling, with wing defense, with mm-hmm. whatever. But so far, I think like this is it's it stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's by far the biggest problem facing this team. Very much so. Um, I, I guess out of those guys, like it, uh, you probably answered this on other platforms, so I apologize. But like, which one, I guess, would you lean towards out of like the various kind of ball handlers, either on the market or pseudo on the market? The problem is, is there's just like it's not easy to make like a trade work for almost anyone, even just math wise, without considering the human stuff that we're going to talk about in this yeah. next segment. But like, even just math wise it's hard to find a guy that's on the market that you can realistically work a trade for. So, and then if it's like a guy that matches up with Kuz math wise, then like, I don't know that that's enough of an upgrade to really be worth it. Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, Rose is the one guy that stands out as somebody who would be really beneficial to the team. Cause I, I've been watching more tape on Collison and I'll have a video out on him, but he is, he's like, there's a picture of him in the dictionary next to veteran point guard, right? Like he just makes, he's got one of the best assist to turnover ratios in NBA history. He did not realize that. Yeah. He's, he's like fantastic decision maker, but he's not a guy that puts pressure on the front of the rim, right? Like he's going to make the right pass, the right play, like all the decision making components. He's a nine or 10 out of 10 type of guy in terms of just making the right play and not doing dumb stuff, which is my number one rule for role players is don't do dumb stuff. 
but he's not a guy that's like, oh, crap, Darren Collison is coming off of this ball screen, one of those handoffs, uh, you know, with a head of steam. We got to send some extra attention on him the way that it is with Derrick Rose, right? Derrick Rose is a guy, you give him the ball and you ask him to put pressure on the rim, which builds on an existing strength of this team from a different place, right? Yeah. So guys like Dwight and AD, um, LeBron does this from the perimeter, but if LeBron's out of the game, nobody else puts pressure on the rim from the perimeter, and Darren Collison would not either. So Rose is a guy where you can get to his salary with Kuz, Boogie, who's probably out for the year, and I, I think Quinn Cook, maybe Troy Daniels. Those um, are usually the guys, the three guys that get brought up is those ones. That's right. And what I would suspect the Lakers would do if they had to go that route and deal coups for that is look to the buyout market. Brian Windhorst reported today that Marvin Williams was a possibility for a buyout candidate. He could be somebody who could theoretically replace coups in that. And you've got that kind of backup stretch four type of guy. Um, but again, with everything that's happened in the last week or so, this seems more like playing fantasy GM outside of the real world. And there, it, it could be complicated. Yeah, so I actually I do want to talk about that, but let's let's go ahead and like uh, wrap up on this and like take a real quick break, and then we will come back and talk about like the human complications and factors and you know context going into this trade deadline because I do think that it's a real thing and it's been something that's really been at the forefront of my brain for um, you know like most of the last like day or so. So we're going to talk about that in a second. All right, so Pete, I'm just going to ask this real, like, uh, really simply, like, how the hell do the Lakers make a trade right now? Yeah, man. No, it's, I mean. Like, we've made it, so we, we've made it now through, like, one and a half shows without talking about the Kobe stuff. And mm -hmm. that, in and of itself, I think speaks to, you know, that it's been a week or so. I think both of us have probably said most of what we have to say on this at this point. Um, but there's, like, the team's certainly not over it. And like for Rob Palinka, this is a guy who like he described Dude. in his statement as his best friend. Like this was and his goddaughter and amputation like, of his soul. Yes, yeah, uh, very like you know what? a Palinkaism that was apt in this case. Like uh, and yeah, bro, it, and and even like, do you just taking all of the 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 sadness and the human ele human element out of it, make it strictly a business decision as cold and callous as that is. Do you want somebody? who has just gone through that trauma, and Lord knows he's not the only person in the Lakers organization who has, making a big decision on the future of the franchise in that mindset. It's not his fault, right? It's, no. it does, it's not a sign of weakness or anything like that, but that guy having to deliberate and consider after what he's gone through, and it's not like the rest of the organization isn't traumatized by it too. There's nobody else underneath him that's in a better frame of mind, right? So I, I think with all of, we're going to talk about all of this, I think the wise thing to do and the best thing to do is sign Collison. If, if Collison comes on board, if not, you, like, you probably have to make a trade if you want to win a title. But don't do much to this team, man. I, I really don't think this is the time. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I was shocked to see him at practice today, just out there down on the floor. And, like, I don't know how much of that is, like, you know, you want to escape. But, like, it, it broke my heart, like, seeing him at that game with his daughter sitting in his lap. Like, obviously, that's great that he's with his family and he's making sure to prioritize that right now. But it just brings you back to, you know— like he's holding his family close for a reason right sure, now. Sure. And, um, you know, like, I just don't know how, when you're in that frame of mind, you can all of a sudden go and just say, 
all right, well, uh, we're going to deal all of these guys that are helping each other grieve. And they're all talking about like going through all of this tragedy and this loss of my friend together. Like also just, you know, from a pure like technical and like job like standpoint, like how do you canvas the league right now when you're in that frame of mind and you know every single person that you call and sure they delegate some of these calls so like if Polinka mm-hmm. was you know he he would have some of the Lakers like other front office staffers make some of these calls and gauge interest and whatever so it wouldn't be just him but how, like you're every single phone call you get on the person's mm-hmm. going to want to talk for 10 minutes about mm-hmm. you know like how you just lost your friend and they're expressing basic human empathy so like there's nothing wrong right no with that. no no should, they totally should do that but it, but gets it just means you just have to keep dredging up these feelings living it, and yep. reliving it and constantly going through it and with three days and like no like no con and this front office to their credit has been very like non-leaky so there haven't been like a lot of rumors about like even the Anthony Davis trade that's what one just kind of happened and there weren't like a bunch of rumors about you know are they going to deal this guy or this guy or this guy like there were some but it was not like it was at last deadline right um and I think a lot of those leaks were coming from New Orleans like this front office does not seem to telegraph their moves through the media a whole lot so like maybe they do have stuff but like with how little leaks there have been about specific packages even and like players that they might be interested in. Like, I just don't know that they have like the legwork necessarily done or like these deals far enough down the road that they'd be able to do it from that much less. Like, you know, the the other thing here is like breaking up this team that Mm -hmm. are all together. Like, like Palinka aside, even if it was a complete, like, like if Danny Ainge was GM right now and like he, he just, there was just no care put into the human element of all this. Like, just uh you know like or for him or whatever but like just trying to break up this team right now i think when they're all so you know transparently leaning on each other i i think like it's easy to say on the trade machine or an nba 2k if you don't know any of these guys like all right well we're just gonna trade them but how do you go to quinn how do you claim to be like a family organization that like and that's what the lakers want to be they talk all the time about how they're like a family and how do you do that and then go to quinn cook and be Mm -hmm. like hey you know like kobe the guy that like you Mm -hmm. said in an interview last week helped you through the death of your father and like now has died and this is the saddest you've been since well like you know anyway uh enjoy enjoy detroit (laughs) yeah you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like bro, bro, I just don't know how you do that, like, without being, like, so cold and calculating or without it being a guy who on some level wants out, which I just don't see. Like, I don't know how you send any of these guys away. What if Collison has already told the Lakers he's going to the Clippers or he's not signing otherwise? Well, then, I mean, that makes the decision, I think. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think on some level, like, I don't know if they're – Owe is the wrong word, like, because you don't, no one really owes anyone anything, but like as much as they can, I think at this point, they almost owe it to this roster to keep them together and see what they can do. And, you know, if they don't win the title this year, like they are going to have exceptions this summer. Like, I'm not saying you just throw in, like throw in the towel on the whole season. I I just like, I don't know. Like, what what do you do? Like if you're in the GM chair right now, like, I, I think the getting that second ball handler, is the only move that I would make a trade for, unless there's something so lopsided, right? But that's not going yeah, yeah, to yeah, happen, exactly. right? But that's the only move where I would be like, like I, I, everything you're saying is right, man. It's it's just for the purposes of this season. Yeah. And again, like the league is way more open. Like what 
there are so many things that can happen this summer that establishes some like real clear front running warriors type team. Well, that's what I was going to say. Even the warriors are going to be back. So that is the other mm -hmm. thing. Like that's they will most likely be back as Absolutely. like a real contender again, not a juggernaut like they were, but they're still going to be a good team. Like, and, and there are all sorts of things that can happen elsewhere in the league where a team makes a move to establish themselves as something that happens all the time. In fact, these years when there is no clear, that's the best team in the NBA through the finals, uh, you know, with apologies to Milwaukee, who've been great uh, years like this, you have to capitalize on them if you have a chance. And it's the one aspect of the Lakers roster. Like, would I like another wing defender? Yes. Would I make trades just for a, a wing defender? No, not at this point, not with everything that's happened. The point guard spot is the one place where the need exceeds the the value of keeping everybody together as cold as that sounds it's the one move i i would make yeah so i i think like i mean obviously like i think coups for a lot of the same for a lot of other reasons would be tough to trade like you know salary wise and all of that stuff and then you factor in like the he was kobe's like mentee like type thing and you know that he like has really ingratiated himself to this organization with his work ethic he's seen as palinka he's like one of palinka's few like huge wins so far like I mean he got the AD trade done but there's some level of debate about how much of like a win that was or like did he give up too much and all that like Kuz is an unequivocal win like to get mm -hmm. that guy with 27 and have him end up like as good as he's been or show as much potential as, he, as he's shown so those are factors going sure. into that too like I think like I don't know it's just so it was already tough for me to see them trading him now instead of in the summer um, and like going through the season, I, I think at this point for me, it's basically impossible to see them trading him, at least in my view. Um, and I, I know you feel differently. I, I think, but so like, let's say, let's say that that's off the table, that they aren't going to trade anyone. Like then your one avenue to improve is adding a guy like Collison or, you know, let's say Iguodala does get bought out, like against all odds, he gets bought out or someone else gets bought out that can maybe help. Like, I, I think at this point, like the only avenue that's like really available to them is, you know, going to the league and saying, Hey, like we'd like DeMarcus cousins to be able to stay with us, but we'd like to cut him and use his roster spot and whatever, and going to him and making sure he's okay with that and dealing with all the other gymnastics that come with that of, you know, getting LeBron and AD's approval to cut their friend and all of this stuff. But like, to me, that's the only one where it kind of makes sense to like, let a member of the roster go, so to speak, because he you're not actually letting him go. He'd stay mm -hmm. like if mm -hmm. as long as you get sign off and uh, from all of those areas, like um, and then maybe you add a guy through that route. But even cutting someone right now is just like I just think it's tough and I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Like uh, they're you know, they're, I'm sure they're stronger than me and like more about the business and whatever than I am. But just like I, I don't know, man, I, I'm just like I'm only covering this stuff and it's like taking a toll on me mm -hmm. and I just can't imagine going through everything that you have to go through to get a trade done while sitting in their shoes. Yeah, I'm right I'm right there with you man. This this franchise has gone through just so much in the last couple of weeks and I uh I'm I'm afraid of what I'm going to say when I hear somebody get really pissed off at Rob Palenka for not making the trade that they want at the trade deadline. Um but 
Uh, there were people getting mad that they didn't win the first game, like after Kobe, like you know, like saying like Kobe would have wanted them to win, or how dare you not win it? It's like, come on, like I know some of this is like Twitter eggs, and like you sure. know, that's not like a representation of the fan base as a whole. I know it's not, but it's like there is sometimes I think a lack of empathy with this stuff sure. that it's like like this isn't a sports movie. Like people just died, and like mm-hmm. that's something that like real human beings grieve and have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I like I get that they have like they only have until so long to make the trade deadline but sometimes life just gets in the way of stuff you know like and like i find it hard to not have empathy for that on some level if they do ultimately stand pat in part because of that i well i think their decisions on all of these you know machinations the the vast majority of the work was done long before the the tragedy with kobe um, and so I think that they can rely upon some of those prior calculations of this is what we would do. This is the line of what we would do versus wouldn't do and 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 all of that. But there's a good case to be made, especially if Collison is coming of like, don't don't do anything right. Even yeah. outside of the tragedy, this team's what what are they now? Thirty five and eleven or something like that. Thirty four. I think it was thirty seven when I looked earlier. Something today. like that. Yeah, that standings have not wins. been at the forefront of my mind, as you can tell. Yeah, no, no kidding, man. They're a lot more wins than losses. They're yes. the number one seed in the West, the second best record in the NBA. They they need to make minor tweaks and adjustments to go on this title run. They do not need to overhaul the roster and the tragedy adds another layer of complexity to something that was already probably true. So if they don't make a move at the deadline, that is a signal to me that Collison is coming, not that they fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. I have 37 and 11, by the way, I did want to double check that, but um, yeah. And like, if Collison's going to sign by the all-star break, like on some level, I'm sure that's also like, he needs to work himself into shape. Like when, you know, when you think you're retiring, like I'm sure that uh, there's like, I, maybe he did work out the whole off season or whatever, but I kind of doubt it. So I think on some level you got to play yourself. You, he, I'm sure he's working out every day and making sure that he's ready to kind of hit the ground running with wherever he does sign. So like there's functional stuff there that kind of does work in the Lakers favor of like, they don't have to make this decision necessarily like right this second um, about what they're going to do. And like, like they don't have to make the decision to cut someone or not before the trade deadline, at least, which I mean, I guess that's a double-edged sword because you don't necessarily know if Collison's coming heading into the trade deadline if he has not told you, which we don't know if he has or hasn't. Um, I don't know. There's just like, there's so many different like variables at play that for me, I think it's really hard for me to see them making a deal. Like, how do you feel? Like, if you had to say gut feeling right now, like, do you think they like get a trade done at the end of all this? Like, what would you, what would your guess be? I, I don't think that they do. Um, even though the Lakers have been active and made a trade at each deadline that Palenka has been part of part. So that's something to consider if they do. I actually think it'd be more a small, you know, get a shooter, but like an 11th man type of like a small deal. Um, and, but any, even then, like, what's the value of that vis-a-vis breaking up the team? Like, can you, you know, get somebody to replace Troy Daniels's role and how integral is Troy Daniels in the locker room dynamic that we So before all of this, that was the one guy that I was saying, like, that's the one who I thought would be cut just because Mm -hmm. of all the stuff with like Boogie and like all of his tethers to this team. And, you know, how much they talk about him as a valuable presence in the locker room. Like, it's not that like guys, I don't know anything about like the Troy Daniels locker room dynamic, but that's kind of my point. 
Like sure. nobody's really saying like Troy Daniels has been in a, integral to the chemistry of this team and you know, whatever, like he seems to be well liked. Like mm-hmm. he seems like a nice guy, but mm-hmm. you know, they are not going out of their way in interviews of saying like, Oh, Troy Daniels was really holding LeBron accountable on defense or, right. you know, sure. like all this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, and right. so before this, he was the guy that I was saying is like, sure. if they were going to cut someone, it would probably be him. But now it's just like, like, I don't know. I, like, I feel like I don't know anything anymore about, like, how, how they'd have to do this. Purely from a functional standpoint, the Lakers don't have any shooters that can shoot off of screens. Even the guys who are good shooters, your Danny Greens, KCP, Troy Daniels, uh, they are not guys who come off of screens to do that. And that adds a, an element to an NBA offense that and one that, that LeBron really thrives alongside. Uh, Ray Allen, Kyle Korver, guys like that. That if they can find a you know cheap guy, there's like I don't know Marco Bellinelli in San Antonio, somebody like that, right? You're not trading anything of of significance for him, but somebody who's got some experience and can come can shoot while on the move. That's really what what yeah. this is. Um, that like I could see something like that, but if gut feeling, I don't think the Lakers make a move. What do you think? No, I that that's where I am too. Like I I just think there's like I already honestly I think two weeks ago said on a podcast I don't think they're gonna get a deal done. Like there's I know there's gonna be a lot of smoke either way, but I I just thought that like they really do seem to value the chemistry of this group so much that it was already hard for me to see them making a deal. And that was even before like mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. you know now now not only are you breaking up a team with chemistry, but you're breaking up like a band of brothers who are like trying to go through something very yeah. real together. And yeah, I mean, there's also just the fact of like, it's not just Palinka that's grieving in the Lakers organization. It's the whole team. And mm-hmm. like, how much are people like able to just think about, you know, like, you know, and again, this is not like a criticism of them. This is not at all. Like, no. This is just being a human being. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know how much in a position people are going to be to just like do all of the stuff that is involved in getting trade done. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that, honestly, that's all I had for today. So I'm, I'm actually glad we had this conversation and like I could confirm that I'm not like crazy for thinking about this a lot and like all the different parts of it just mm-hmm. because, yeah, I don't know. It's just been like, like, I, I feel like I've done a completely different job over the last, um, like over the last week or so, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like covering basketball. Like for, there's like a week there where, you know, I, I became like a generalized news reporter and it's just weird to have to, I'm, I'm sure that this is less the case for you because I think you had to do like a little bit less coverage of exactly like what was going on. Although you were obviously going through it, you know, as a fan and someone who really loved and looked up to Kobe. Um, but like, it was just weird to just go back to like writing about basketball. And that's what made me think like, it, it's just weird to go back to thinking about like, you know, oh, well, this like, you know, random guy, guy X, Y or Z really help our team after just going through all of that for a week or so and continuing on. Yeah. Yeah, it's. um, I don't know, I tweeted this today, like it's not on my mind constantly like it was, but it still is hitting me in moments, just random moments out of nowhere, like a, a ton of breaks. And I'm I'm thank you for the work that you did as you know covering it in a way that i certainly would not have been able to but um i am uh it's it's a hard time for me and i never met him no that's what i mean like i wasn't looking for kudos on my coverage i was just from the perspective of like yeah yeah yeah. like going back to like i went back to like writing the recap on saturday night and it was just like like oh yeah like the bench was an issue like this doesn't really seem to be 
you know, that big of a deal anymore. But, <laughs> like, you know, they weren't great tonight. Like, but they won. So if you're into that, I guess, like, there you go. Um, it just, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that it'll start to feel normal again. Like, th- that game felt normal at points. And I'm sure that, like, that'll continue as this goes on. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I-, I just don't know how they process all that and just do their jobs, like, completely as normal. Anyway, um, I- I've kept you for longer than, uh, you know, than I promised you, uh, at- as usual. Um, but, Pete, just do you want to just take a second to just plug anything that you're working on that you didn't plug already and um, just, like, let people know where they can find you? No, man. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, you can find Pete at, at Laker Film Room on Twitter. Um, I am Harrison Fagan at H-M-F-A-I-G-E-N. Uh, and, you know, uh, Pete, thank you again for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, and we will be back with you tomorrow. I believe Alex and Alex will be back with uh, another episode of Taco Tuesday. So we will talk to you later.